music, you know the show. You listen to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. What matters to me? Well, we just completed the second week of the National Football League, and uh, now, of course, we're going to that third week. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, gives me something to uh, look forward to. Uh, of course, I have fallen in love with football years ago. Um, football has been very good to me, and I'm trying to do the best I can to continue on the relationship. Uh, right now, I got on the phone with me out of Columbus, Ohio, Will Gibson. Willie, you there? Yes, sir. How you doing, right? Oh, I'm doing good, Willie. I, I'm glad to have you join me on the show, man. Uh, we spoke a little while ago and told you I'd like to have you call in and uh, consistently give us a little report on the on the triple Bs, those triple Bs being, of course, the Buckeyes, the Bengals, and the Browns out there in the Midwest doing the best they can to play some football. Uh, I'm not sure of the, of, the, uh, of the three of them which one is the best one right now, but uh, <laughs> we, uh, uh, we'll get to talk about that. But also there's uh, some other stuff. Uh, before we get started, though, Willie, um, man, I, I didn't want to get it the, I didn't want to get it wrong so i wanted to make sure I, I introduced you right and the success that you've had and and some of the things that you were you were doing and we were talking about that so i'm, I'm gonna give you a chance to talk a little bit about uh some of the stuff you and i were talking about in terms of you you being a champion in the space of uh, was it um was it fantasy ball no no first thing uh right thank you uh for having me it's good to be with you um ESPN, uh, Two Minute Drill Champion. It was a uh, sports trivia game show. Oh, that's exactly that right. Was, uh, yes, sir. I was uh, uh, blessed to be a part of uh, a little while ago and was the only two-time champion of ESPN's Two Minute Drill. So i am always had a passion for sports. Uh, graduate of the Ohio State University. There you go. And uh, you, you know how that goes, right? And um, definitely uh, sports has always been a passion of mine. Um, studied it. Uh, pursued it professionally. I've done some things here uh, in Columbus and uh, regionally, and also on, on a national level as well. So, uh, again, great opportunity, and uh, thank you for allowing me to, to join you. Well, I certainly appreciate that. Uh, of course, uh, the, the history of uh, of football it, it's become uh, a business for quite a few people. ESPN has done a tremendous job of building a platform that I. Recall, it was my uh, junior year at The Ohio State University, uh, 1979. Boy, I'm aging myself, but thank God I'm still here. Because I can remember that at least uh, and was a part of that, uh, the evolution of ESPN. And, and boy, it's a, a huge brand now. And certainly uh, to, to have uh, any relationship with them at all is uh, certainly you should be... Um, recognized for that and appreciated uh, the history of sports and walking encyclopedia there I, I think I told you I, I I would like to say there's somebody else out there that I believe is a walking encyclopedia when it comes to sports and that's uh, Kirk Herbstreit you know I, I met uh, Kirk one time here when uh, when Ohio State was playing the national championship and walked up to him said hello to him and uh, man he ran my whole life down to me it's almost like I had an arrest record and uh, you know he had it, he had it right there, uh, you know, and he pushed it up and and told me everything. So, um, uh, but but then again, uh, I think it was yesterday, if I'm not mistaken, yesterday was a celebration of the Pro Football Hall of Fame there, in in my hometown, a Hall of Fame city, Canton, Ohio. Uh, I think they uh, had a anniversary. I forget which one it was. I certainly should know that, but. Um, there was an acknowledgement of uh, anniversary of uh, 
Pro Football Hall of Fame in, uh, there in Canton, Ohio, Pro Football. So, anyway, let's, uh, let's move on a little bit. There's, there's a couple games that was going on this weekend. Um, uh, I think I want to talk a little bit about the, the Giants, <laughs> you know, because when you're in prime time, you need to be ready for prime time. Uh, and, and the Giants just <laughs> were, were not ready for prime time. Uh, Eli Manning, we know, can be a good quarterback. But uh, there, there's a lot that goes into being a good quarterback. And, and ultimately, football is the ultimate team sports. And so you can't blame it all on Eli. And I think uh, some people are saying that Coach threw him under the bus. First of all, well, let me ask you your personal opinion, man. Can, co- can, can coaches um, in the media, uh, can, can, can they basically comment on their quarterback's play and, uh, and production or lack of, in your mind, is that, is that necessarily uh, when, a, when a quarterback's play is not up to par, is, it, is the coach throwing him under the bus if he discusses that in the media? It's a slippery slope, uh, right? But before I get to that, you mentioned the Hall of Fame. It's the uh, 97th anniversary. There you the go. Hall Thank you. Thank you for that. Canton yesterday. But can a coach throw um, his quarterback under the bus? Um, well, you know, in, in the game of football, quarterbacks have always been protected. You know, some people say a little too much. So if, uh, if a coach can throw a, a left tackle under the bus, so to speak, or a... Uh, well, that, uh, that left, their, their left tackle should have been thrown under the bus. Oh, Eric Flowers. No I doubt about gonna, it. I was going to leave it alone. Yes. I was leave it alone, but um, is, is it okay? Um, you know, a lot of things you would like to keep in-house, and but everybody everybody saw what was going on, but for Ben McAdoo to come out and, and basically, as you said, throw Eli under the bus, you know, it's not a good look because you want for that everybody's on one, on one accord. You know, your, your coaches – your players, and if things ha- things happen, that's something that you know you would want to address behind closed doors. Well, one reason why, of course, especially I, in New York. Well, one that's reason why I said I, I wanted to throw it out there right away to get us started, Will, is because uh, I think Urban had a chance to do that with JT because I, I do not believe he's been playing up to par uh, or what the expectations are uh, to be a starting quarterback there at Ohio State University. As a matter of fact. Uh, you know, this is uh, what his third or fourth year, perhaps they'll be starting. So he, he, I'm expecting a lot more out of him. I think that, uh, you know, when you look at uh, McAdoo and, and what he's expecting out of Eli, you know, there's certain things as an athlete, uh, a former player that I know, you got a responsibility as as a as a player in your position, and there are certain things that you do to get your for preparation of the play. And, and as a quarterback, preparation to play, one of the first things you want to do is you want to take a look at that, that clock. And, and you want to make sure that you've got time on that clock to, to go through your reads and make your adjustments if you need to and, and your snap count. So right. um, I think what, what Coach was saying, and Coach was, re, by the way, Coach was responding to a question. It wasn't like he, he led with throwing Eli under the bus. He was responding to a question. And, and then again, it's, it's how it always happens. Somebody dictates the narrative and, and, and it's changed. And all of a sudden, you know, when you don't hear everything and you don't hear what that was preference, his answer was preferenced by what? By the question. Uh, then it turns that he's throwing Eli under the bus. Well, basically, he was answering a question. But you, you know what, right? You know what, right? To that point, how many times have we heard, I mean, coaches, players, and press conference scenarios say, next question, or I don't want to comment? So why would he not be able to use that in that in that scenario there? Next question. You know, I'll address that with Eli personally. But he took it. I think he made it a point to 
and modest him publicly. Uh, and I think which, uh, you, that, that's a, a great point you make there. He certainly could have said that I will address that with Eli, you know, within the team meetings. And, and I'm sure it was addressed in the team meeting. There's no doubt about it. You know, nowadays offenses are playing faster, you know, uh, you know, plays are at, at lightning speed, you know. You're, you're using up the clock uh, when you need to, and when you, when you don't need to, you want to do the best you can to make sure maybe they got 12 men on the field. So I, I agree with you. He he could have certainly handled that in another way, but uh, but I think there is times, like you said, the quarterback is 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 protected, perhaps maybe overly protected, and, and I would think that that quarterback, being the leader that he is, uh, especially with somebody who has a personality like Eli, I think Eli can handle that. Uh, I I think it uh, it certainly is a motivating factor. I I think he will be aware of the clock from from now on. But then again, the old cliche answer you know why didn't coach just come up with it and you know this answer that was just one play <laughs> you know that right. one, that that one play made a difference in if they should kick a field goal or if they should you know go for it but they were going to have to score a touchdown anyway so later on you you know if you don't score the touchdown now you take the field goal well if you if you take the three now you still you know would have needed a, a touchdown later if you took the touchdown then you would have needed three later so he, he could have there was some other options i do agree with that but I, I think that, you know, this protection of the quarterback's ego is such that mm, it's, it's like in corporate America. You know, people go to work every day. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to jump on your side in this particular case. And, and if you were in corporate America, you know, when your evaluation comes up, your annual review comes up with your, with your supervisor, you don't expect that to be, <laughs> you know, uh, everybody in the office to know, you know, what, the, what, what, what he had to say about you be, or she had to say about you because he, he or she shared that with everybody in the office. It's one of those kind of things. You know, and I think that's, that's the way corporate America is a little bit different than, than the National Football League and, and sports. You know, these things have become something that people talk about in the media. And uh, I think the average person going to work, they probably felt bad for Eli, but then again, they're like, yeah, this man's making millions of dollars. It's just looking at the clock. He can't do that, but, um, but I, you know, I, I do, I certainly, there, there's always another side of that, and, uh, but what, what did you think about uh, Odell Beckham and his return finally out there on the field? I mean, Odell did what, what Odell does. I mean, he, I mean he, he showed out, he performed. He performed, and he, what he did was, I think, brought a, a, a well-needed spark to that offense. I mean, even though they scored, uh, 10 points, Eli clearly against Dallas was missing um, his go-to guy. I mean, Brandon Marshall, just, I think he had one catch in the last drive of the game in the fourth quarter, but it's clear without um, Odell, that offense just doesn't go. Yeah, Here, and, so. and, uh, and, and and even against, uh, when they hear against Detroit, you know, uh, Odell was on the field. Uh, I think the way they used him this time is the way he should have been used the first time because the fir in the first game of the season, um, we understand he was hurt. Uh, perhaps maybe he was uh, not feeling as well as he did in, in the Monday night game, but certainly uh, he was more of a decoy. Uh, I don't think he was targeted uh, that many times in, in, in this last game here. Uh, they could have did the same thing in the first game, you know, a couple of little right. quick passes. 
let him, you know, maybe let him catch it. But certainly there's just the mere fact that he's on the field. Now your defense, you, you're double teaming him. Because he's on the field, you're going to double team him. And they did it all last night. So that, that's what you're going to do. You're going you're to double team him. So that would have given you a chance to target Brandon Marshall uh, a little bit more. And, uh, and your, t- your big tight end that you spent a first-round draft pick on too. So, but uh, um, I, I just I think the Giants definitely have to play better. I think they, they, they will play better. I think their defense is okay. It's good to see the Buckeye out there, you know, at corner uh, doing his thing. Apple. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Mr. Apple wearing that number 24. I'd like to see that on him, you know. I thought, <laughs> I thought, I thought he looked pretty good. I was happy to see him out there performing well. Uh, but I think, uh, I think the Giants will be okay. I, I think they'll be okay. Uh, I'm not uh, as much concerned about the Giants as I am as, uh, you know, our triple Bs, <laughs> you know, uh, because the expectations for – for the Giants are such that uh, they'll be ready to play. Um, I think they'll be ready to play, but I think uh, GM Jerry Reese has had ample opportunity. You have to address that offensive line. We we talked about Eric Flowers yeah. earlier. I mean, that offensive line is is. Uh, oh, there's no doubt. I, I believe with you, I believe you on that one. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, I, I thought the coach, you know, game time adjustments at all time. I, I think they did a terrible job in coaching. Because they didn't make uh, you know game time adjustments to get a chip on him a couple help him out a couple times, right, right, and I mean that goes. I mean Ben McAdoo is a, a young coach and 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 himself. I mean he's a offensive coordinator and he got the job in New York when uh, Coughlin retired because of his relationship with Eli. So you know maybe you know that's a, a scenario where you know he needs to grow and learn as a coach and in those type scenarios to, to get better for the next time. Um, I, you know, I, I, I would say this. I, I would say uh, as a coach, uh, a head coach in the National Football League, uh, different than, um, you know, other places, you, you do have training camp, just like players. Cause, you know, that's what training camp is for and preseason games is for. And when you step out on that stage, they, we expect the best from you. So um, his, 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 he's now – Two games into the, this, what is this? Is this his third year? Right. And so uh, he's a veteran now. I mean, his, his job is on the line now, you know, so uh, he, he needs to fix that. New York is probably the largest market in, in the nation. Mm, I don't think those fans are going are willing to accept that. And, and fans have a little power in New York. They, they say a couple things, you know, that, that's why, again, um, Cam was, uh, of course, out there looking for a job, and the fans in New York spoke up. So, you know, the fans do have a little bit of weight. So if, if he doesn't start producing pretty soon and we continue to hear those boos that we were hearing, uh, there may be some changes in New York. Yeah, I mean, uh, oh, without, without a doubt, it is, it's his uh, second year and, uh, in New York for Ben McAdoo. But, I mean, you're right. No, the main reason you got the job, and it's, it's well documented. I don't, I don't think I'm speaking out of school when I say that his relationship with Eli and the camaraderie and the continuity, and the continuity they wanted to Keep, maintain yeah. um, with keeping Eli as offensive coordinator. I think that you know that goes a long way. And if that uh, relationship is starting to deteriorate, that uh, that could be an issue. And he's right, especially in New York, because yep. in New York, it's. it's uh, quick fuse at all times. All right. We're going to take a break. 
And uh, and then we're going to come back. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. We'll take a break and be right back. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show. You listen to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Uh, I got my man Will Gibson with me out of Columbus, Ohio, the home of the Ohio State Buckeyes. I uh, appreciate you calling in, Will. And uh, off air, we were, we were talking a little bit about well, one of the B's there, of uh, the triple B's. Uh, we were talking about the Browns. And uh, one thing that concerned me is uh, I, of course, um, enjoy the NFL network. Uh, that, that, that Well, not the network, but the uh, ticket. And enjoying the game and getting a chance to see, you know. I understand that uh, the Kaiser Deshaun was uh, relieved of his duties because of a headache. Now, I, I don't know if I've shared this with a lot of people, but I've certainly shared it with a few. I'm one of those people who have consistently, uh, throughout my playing days, have uh, dealt with headaches. Um, and at one time, uh, and, I, and I say this very seriously, uh, I, was, I was suicidal because I, had, uh, I used to get what they call cluster headaches. And... Um, I've got a good dear friend out there, Jerry Robinson, who used to play for the Philadelphia Eagles with me when I was in Philadelphia, um, out of UCLA. Um, uh, Jerry used to tease me because I, I would get headaches that was diagnosed as cluster headaches. And if you would Google those or research some, you'll see those headaches are sometimes called suicide headaches. And I, I, that, there were several times when I came to the training room doing training camp and uh, told our head trainer, you know, man, I'm telling you, uh, last night I almost did it. I was getting ready to jump out the window. So I'm, I'm always very, 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 very concerned when I hear about a player, you know, who's playing football and who's dealing with headaches and, and the, how serious it's addressed. Um, 
because I wouldn't wish those cluster headaches that I, I would have on my worst enemy. It, it was like I was being stabbed, um, you know, in my temple. And, and the pain remained there for like a minute and it, and it would come and go. But it, it, it would be for it would stay with me for about it would last for like two or three minutes. And that pain would go away and it would come back about 20 minutes to the second I could take a, I could have my watch and look at it. I, 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 that's what I used to do because I'm trying to get all the symptoms to report to the to the trainers and to the doctors. They, they were doing this research on me. And uh, so what, what do you think about the fact that they were they brought him back into the game? Will mm -hmm. I mean, did, um, as you were watching it or heard about it, um, did you have an opinion one way or the other? Was that I mean, in today's environment of, of, of player health and safety? Yeah, I did see that. Um, honestly, I was shocked when they brought him back in after it was announced that he was dealing with migraines. I understand he's, he's dealt with them in the past. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this isn't a, a, a one-time thing. But as you said, and I'm, I'm, first of all, I'm just dressed. I'm glad, you know, that you're doing well and, and hopefully beyond the, the, the headache issues you were having in the past. But any time, especially in this climate that we're dealing with, uh, CTE and, and concussions and things of that nature that you hear a, a player dealing with a, a head injury, a migraine, you know, in a concussion scenario, you go into concussion protocol and you're out of the mm -hmm. game. Yes. So I, I begin to think, well, what's the difference between concussion protocol or suffering a concussion and a migraine? Why would you not be out for the game with a migraine? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to agree with you, and I, I again, I, I'm not educated enough to speak to that, but I, I would just think that um, the concussion, and I, I've, I've had a concussion before, and, and with the cushion, concussion, uh, you know, very few times when I had a concussion, you know, most of the time I lost consciousness, and, and so there was some memory loss there. There was some time in between that I couldn't account for, you know. And uh, but most of the times I don't recall having a severe headache. Um, and, and even in those days, things were so bad and, and they were I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say they were so misinformed at that time, because I'm certainly hoping that they weren't as negligent and purposeful with the intent of not caring that they would just put you back into the game, knowing that you were in danger because something could happen to you. I, I'm going to I'm going to take the side that the the medical industry just wasn't as educated and informed as they are today. If that's true, I don't know. But mm -hmm. but but I, I know a doctor has a responsibility and obligation to the patient. And right. you know that's why they're malpractice suits and all that type of stuff. So I, I would think that if a person had a migraine, that if it subsided, that still he would be in some type of pain. And I find that hard for them to put him back into a game. A concussion, I couldn't believe that there would be people who would get knocked out and put back in the game. I wanted to, you know, again, just having, you know, this dialogue between you and I going back and forth. You know, I know that I've been in games and I've either tackled people or people have tackled me and we, you know, me, either myself or them have been unconscious and later on in the game, you know, they give you that smelling sauce. I'm always wondering, what the hell is smelling sauce? You know, they don't wait, they don't wait when you, but when you're in the, when you're having surgery, they don't wake you up with ammonia. 
Yeah. Why do they Why do they wake you up with it on the football field? And so, but but what happens is they put you back in the game. And you, I'm sure you you probably witnessed it before. Well, you've probably seen a game, you know, back in the day where somebody got knocked out, and then later on they were back in the game. Today, that doesn't happen. But back in the day, that used to happen. And I never understood it even back then because in boxing, if you got knocked out, it was over. The fight was over. You lost. So why 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 wouldn't you treat football the same way? But but they didn't. There are people. I'm sure there's. There's tons of people around the country that hopefully are still alive. They can talk to us about being knocked out and then later on being put back into the game to play football. Well, you kind of you kind of addressed it earlier when you said you hope there was a physician that would not do that. But let's you know if you look at this, Deshaun Kaiser, whomever, any NFL player is being examined by a team physician, yes. a physician that works for the team. So in that scenario, I know why you you would hate to think this way. But whose best interest is the physician going to have in mind at the time? And, the, and today, but you, you, you used the term earlier in, your, in some of your remarks, today's climate. In today's climate, you would think that that physician would not do that, that somebody has heard by now. There, there's been some report that he has a migraine. And right. with that being the case... You know, uh, I mean, this, this conversation we're having right here, I think this is one that needs to be escalated up to the league office, and they need to revisit that. I don't think ever that a player who who has migraines should ever go into a football game again. I just don't believe that. I, I don't know how seriously, but I just know under the conditions that I was under and, you know, my my thought process and what I was thinking about, how bad my pain was, I wanted to die. I wanted to jump out the window and thought about it on many occasions on many different nights. And and I've heard people who's had migraines talk about the pain that they're in. Now, according to the doctors that I reported to that reported gave me my information that uh, that I was a patient of, you know, this is a step above. Clusters are a step above migraines. And that's why they call them suicide headaches. But I know people who suffer from migraines who also they felt like they just wanted to take some and hit, bust themselves upside their head and try to make the pain no. go away. And, and I agree. I was just thinking about that. I know people as well that uh, uh, dealt with migraines. I myself have had one migraine in my life. It was in college. And so I'm, and I'm doing the math in my head. I'm thinking like, okay, there's no way that for me and the people that I know that, that have dealt with migraines that in 90 minutes time and, and that's given a, a generous estimate uh, dealing with the timeline with Deshaun Kaiser that in 90 minutes I was okay to continue my normal daily routine let alone right. a uh, physical activity such as professional football and, and, and even even then I'm going to ask well sorry to cut you off there but in order okay. to address that pain was, was there something you took to relieve you of that pain that reduced the amount of time that you're that you're trying to uh, think about here, you know, to the point where you might be in your right state of mind. Did you take any medication? Myself, personally, I mean, I yes. think I took, uh, I, at the time, for me, I, I took some Advil. Like, I was in college. I didn't know, really, until after the fact, what I really was experiencing because I mm -hmm. never had a migraine before and, you know, perfectly haven't had one since then. So, you know, I, but I know for me, I literally had to go back to my apartment and sit in a pitch black room. So, so, so let's think about that. Let, let's think about that, too. So let's think about the fact that I'm sure, like you're sure, I, I, I can guarantee you without a doubt that in order for them to address 
the level of pain he was dealing with, he was given some medication. Absolutely. So, so why are you going to give him, and it, it had to be a narcotic, something very strong, and then, put him, and then put him back on the football field? I, I can't believe that. And I can't believe that you and I, I I've been watching the big boy shows all week. That's, that's what I call uh, ESPN. I haven't heard them address this. It, it, this is something that definitely needs to be addressed. First of all, I, I, there's another player that I recall uh, in my playing days uh, saying that uh, he got hit. Um, he was uh, in some pain with an injury. Uh, you see the trainer on TV walk over, hand him some pills, a cup of water. You know, he, he throws those pills in his mouth and a cup of water. And, and then a couple of plays later, he's back on the field. Most of the times when you take medication, uh, you're not supposed to put yourself in another position where you may be vulnerable. You know, right. you know, you may be drowsy. You know, you may be something. Uh, but this this is happening. You know, uh, players are being medic. Uh, you know, they're medicated and they're allowed to continue to play football. Don't think that should happen. And if, if the, that uh, that should be addressed, if that was the case with the, with uh, with Kaiser, uh, he was given medication in order to re you know reduce this level of pain. And then sent back out there to play. No, that's not taking care of players uh, the way they talked about that they were uh, going to do in the future. So oh. we're going to take another break, and uh, and then we're going to be back. Uh, you listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Got my man Will Gibson on with me. We'll be right back after this break. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Who do you feel the most important person is on a sports team? Is it the captain, the star player, or the fan? While it could truly be any of these individuals, more often than not, it's the coach. Listen for A Coach's Spirit with hosts Blake Rockwell and Kendall Allen. A Coach's Spirit offers a look into the human side of coaching and a chance to learn from some of the most impactful leaders in the game. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on The Voice of America's Sports Channel. If you're looking for more information on firearms and the shooting sports, check out Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. Kelly is the owner of McMillan Fiberglass Stocks with over 40 years of experience. Now he's ready to share some industry luminaries and their perspectives with you. If you're interested in firearms, whether it be for shooting, for fun, competition, hunting, or self-defense, Kelly is here to share his wisdom and experience. Listen live for Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan, Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. 
What matters to me, well, this is about the start of the third week of the National Football League. I got a chance uh, to have my man Will Gibson call in, and we were talking a little bit about the uh, Cleveland Browns quarterback, uh, Deshaun Kaiser, who um, was suffering from migraines and got a chance to play. Uh, this week, uh, uh, the Browns, are, of course, are uh, going to be uh, playing again, and our favorite for the first time, right. I think, since they said, I, I believe I heard something like two since 2015 that they've gone into a game uh, and yeah. haven't been favored since since 2015. That's got to be, yeah. the, you know, each year is a new team, but I don't care. I, I, you know, to be on a team that hasn't been favored in that amount of time is, is, is pretty depressing. So, um, so, so, so what do you, what, what do you think, uh, based upon them playing last week, of course, we always say they were playing, the, they were playing the real Browns, and, of course, the real Browns, uh, being, of course, the Ravens, who have a Super Bowl championship ring that should have been there in Cleveland. Uh, but anyway, they, they found a way to win once they left Cleveland. But um, the performance last week, what did you think about them last week? Obviously, they lost, but uh, anything promising you see? Um, from last week, Deshaun Kaiser, honestly, uh, although we just talked about him uh, being injured, coming back. But I think with him, the the more reps he gets as a rookie quarterback, you know he's you know as, and then you know this Ray as as being a, a former professional uh, player, the game begins to slow down. The more you see, and I think with him, you know he has to, you know continue to improve week in and week out. And I think you know that's the you know the, the bright spot, if you will, uh, for for them in the defense. I mean, Gray Williams has the the defense hitting a lot, a lot. Um, not stingy. I know he gave up 24 points, but you know they the offense didn't you know help them out at all with five turnovers. So I think for uh, the, the Browns, it's just the consistency. I mean, Hugh Jackson they stripped the team down last year to get uh, a baseline, and now they're beginning to rebuild. He's won 17 uh, in the last you know season in two games. So you know it's just a process. It's a process to to get his guys in there. To change the culture that was in there prior in, in prior regimes with uh, Ray Farmer and Mike Pettin and Bill Savage, Romeo Cornell, those guys. So, you know, although we talk about in New York the quick fuse, you know, these days fans don't want to hear, you know, the process. I asked the Philadelphia 76ers in the NBA about the process. Exactly. Fans <laughs> are, are receptive to that. But, mm. you know, in this instance, you know, it, it is what it is. And, and they're. You know, the market, you know, small incremental improvements, but, um, you know, it, it remains to be seen, you know, how quickly Pew uh, can get this turned around. What, what's the most promising thing that you're seeing there with the Browns right now? Yeah, just, like I said, just uh, Deshaun Kaiser. Just Deshaun Kaiser, him coming in there as a rookie. You know, they, first of all, they got to keep him healthy. You know, the migraine, like I said, he's dealt with that. Um, from what I understand, you know, pretty much all his life. You know, I heard the the first migraine he got in the game since high school. So I think the Sound Kaiser is a bright spot. And just Greg Williams continued to implement his um, system on the defensive side of the ball. Last year, um, uh, Ray Horton, uh, defensive coordinator, and I know he's a, a Phoenix guy out there with, with you all, but I don't know that he – put the defense in the best scenario running the 3-4. And now with uh, a traditional 4-3 defense, 
uh, Greg Williams coming in there of aggressive style. You know, it. You know, I think that they'll they'll be on their way to hopefully uh, improving on that that one in fifteen from last year. And know, their favorite this week, so we'll see. Yeah, well, you know, <clears throat> their favorite, but that's <laughs> can that's uh, we're, I don't know if we're going to count on that uh, too much, but but I'm I, you know I'm wishing them the best of luck and uh, certainly hoping that. Uh, that that things work 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 well for them, um, but I I think one thing that's positive, I, you know, in my mind, uh, although uh, he may have not called his best games yet, is uh, I think it's uh, it's great to know that we got a good coach um, who will get better. Um, although I talked about the Giants coach, you know, again the expectations is winning now. Uh, I'm hearing some things on Big Boy shows that you know they're talking about example out in Indianapolis talking about, uh, you know, sitting the quarterback the entire year so that uh, they would end up with a, a draft pick that they could trade and maybe get some type of blockbuster, uh, you know, multiple draft picks in return um, so that uh, they could strengthen that team. Uh, I, I believe winning now, I, I, I've never been a player on a team who's looking forward to winning in the future. You know, the future is now. Players aren't guaranteed another day. Nobody in life is guaranteed, you know, uh, another day, another breath. So, you know, to plan for a future, nah, I don't, I don't believe in that. So I, I think if the Browns are going to win, I think they need to win now, today. And how, how could you, you know, really, your fans who buy season tickets, how in the hell are you going to tell somebody that, you know, they bought season tickets for this year, expecting you to win and play your best ball this year, but you're telling them you're going to sacrifice this season and, and you'll win the next year, you know, or years down the road. And uh, uh, that, that kind of leads me into another subject for another sport. I, you know, I said I was going to get off of it last week, but I got to go back to it. And, and that's, um, you know, Kyrie Irving. You know, Kyrie, I mean, really, you got the best player in the world in basketball on your team, and you – played against the best team in the world and lost and, and you decided you want to go someplace else where you can become a total basketball player better than and, and play better than where you are than, than what you are been playing now and think that you can win. Now the best team in the world already beat the best player and his teammates in the world and you were one of those and you think you can go someplace else and you can win. Um, what do you think about the Kyrie Irving situation? Uh, I think Kyrie's in denial. I think that he, um, I don't know if you got a chance to see him uh, yesterday. Yeah, I saw the interview on the Big Boy Show, yep. Exactly, exactly. Uh, he's in denial. Um, he, he mentioned several times as far as, you know, he lives a reality-based life, a reality-based life. Well, Kyrie, I don't know about a reality-based life. But I, I live in reality, you know, and it's, you know, based, what is reality-based mean? I mean, I watched the movie uh, with my wife last week, and it was based on a true story. So it wasn't <laughs> yeah. true, but it was based. So are you telling me you live a reality-based life? Your life is not real? He's, right, he's, I, he's I wide awake. He said he was wide awake. He woke. He woke, yep. Yeah. You know what, Ray? That's another. I won't I won't <laughs> get into that right now <laughs> as far as being woke. And, yeah. and, and uh, as long as I'm walking and talking, I'm not, you know, in my bed sleeping, I'm woke. But right. that's another story. But, um... You know what? Honestly, I, I, Kyrie, I think he's misguided. You know, and, you know, we we hear several times where he's his own man. He's making his own decisions. I don't know if I necessarily believe that. I think there are um, 
and I, I think there are others in his circle that are influencing him as far as, you know, you're just as good as LeBron. Just go somewhere else so you can show that. And I think he can bit off a little bit more than he can chew. And then it starts off opening night. I mean, October 17th, Boston at Cleveland. I think it's going to be a point proven to Kyrie in that game that, you know, listen, man, you, you had it. You went to three straight finals. The year before the, the year before LeBron came back, the, the uh, Cavs were 33 and 49 with Kyrie. With Ky- with Kyrie. That's, a, that's important. I think he forgot that. That, that yeah. w- without LeBron, this is what the record was. This is what you did. You were watching playoffs. You were not in exactly. playoffs. Exactly. And not only were you in the playoffs with LeBron, you went to three straight finals. Three straight. One, one. Right. And, you know, and, and to, for everybody that says, you know, Kyrie, he's this, he's a, he's a total, he wants to be a total point guard now with the ball in his hands. I go back to uh, game three of this year's NBA Finals. LeBron, uh, the Cavs lost by five, all right? LeBron played 46 minutes, all right? With the 46 minutes, LeBron was on the floor. Cavs outscored the Warriors by 12. Or, I'm sorry, they outscored them by seven. LeBron sat for two minutes. So you would think those two minutes LeBron sat, Kyrie was in the game. The Warriors outscored the Cavs by 12 in two minutes without LeBron. So... Kyrie, you want to be the man. Now you're telling, me, you, you're telling me and everybody else that you want to be the man, you can be the man, you can be the man, but you can hold it down for two minutes without LeBron. For two minutes. Yeah, and I, I, re, I recall as I was watching the interview in the Big Boy Show, and, I, and I, this man's name I'm about to mention, um, you know, um, loved the way he played the game. Oh, my God, you know, gave it everything. Kyrie mentioned it, that Kobe... Um, was somewhat of a mentor of his, you know, somebody he trusts and, and spoke to. Um, and, and it just made me think, you know, wow, this, this is Kobe and Shaq all over again. Shaq had a piece that I saw a documentary on, on OWN, um, on Oprah. She has a show that's called, um, I forget what, it's, what the name of the show is. But anyway, Shaq is on a documentary that, that Oprah does. First Class might be what it is or... Um, but anyway, she does uh, documentaries and allows individuals to, to to just tell their life story. And and Shaq is um, humble enough to say he let his, uh, you know, him and Kobe both. It was an ego thing that uh, they could have won more championships. They should have won more championships. Um, certainly, um, it's one of those things. Whereas, if they would have, um, if if they would have. Put their egos aside, they would have won more championships. I think this is going to be a situation where LeBron and Ty- Kyrie are going to look back, and whose ego it is, I do not know. But I do know that people have been able to play with LeBron, uh, including on the Olympic teams, and they've done extremely well. LeBron has, you know, uh, coming right out of high school, you know, going to the NBA Finals. And, and then... Um, Going to Miami, winning, coming back, and winning, and and so I I would think that LeBron is not the problem in this particular case. If we're talking basketball, anything else after that? Again, you know, great great players, you you learn how to deal with that, and together you win. I you know I, I even I, I look at what's going on in society, you know, and uh, some of the racial tensions that are going on, but I truly believe that certainly. A part of the solution can be found uh, if someone was spending time and doing research 
with athletic programs. You know, how are football teams? Uh, how are how are people who are from you know different cultures, different nationalities able to come together and be able to thrive and win and succeed in in environments in such that um, it's a mix a mixture of these cultures, and then you get outside of them, and, and then they, they they you know people can they can't live together, you know they can't work together. So anyway, I, I just think that uh, Kyrie, I, I I agree with you. Um, I don't think he is woke. <laughs> I think he needs to wake up. Um, I got a lot of I got tremendous respect for the man's game. Would love to have him on my team. Uh, would love him to be you know my point guard, but. Uh, a, a lot of his success. He had it before, but LeBron took him to a complete different level. And mm-hmm. even his greatness was even identified in such a way that it was respected a lot differently when LeBron got there as opposed to what it was before because the spotlight wasn't on him before. He didn't get to showcase his game as much as he did when LeBron came to that team. And because, just like on the football field, you got Odell Beckham over here, you you definitely got to double team him. So if people got to double team LeBron, Kyrie, you 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 know you got a lot of one on ones that you getting the benefit of. So you know maybe you maybe he believes he is that true point guard, and it's okay to be that true point. If he wants to be that, if that's what he wants to be, that's his passion. He wants to be that point guard. But boy, I think LeBron handling that ball, you know, certainly helps him out a lot. But um, but we'll see, we'll see, because that that is going to be one day that a lot of people going to mark that on the calendar. Uh, TV ratings will be up that day for sure. And uh, the NBA knows how to kick it off. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. But let's let, let's get back. Uh, uh, the Bengals. What, what, what's going on with the Bengals down there? The Bengals got a chance to uh, to do anything? Uh, or is Coach going to finally lose his job? I think this is the year. I think this is the year Marvin finally, finally get Marvin Lewis out of there. I mean, they started out 0-2. haven't scored a touchdown yet. And uh, they they fired the offensive coordinator on Friday. Yeah, and promoted the quarterback coach. <laughs> but you know what? Speaking of, speaking of the Cincinnati situation, that ties back to the Browns because Hugh Jackson right. was the offensive coordinator in Cincinnati before right. becoming the Browns coach. Right. And Cincinnati's offense has not been the same since Hugh left. Right. Right. So I think this is finally the year that uh, that um, I honestly you know we're, if not for the fact that Marvin still had years left on his contract. He probably would have been gone by now. But, you know, Mike Brown doesn't want to pay anybody for not working. So they kept him along until his contract expired. And I think this is the year that they finally make a change. Well, I, I certainly, you know, Marvin has been there and has had some, Marvin has had some real good football teams and some, and some great football players on his team. Um, and he hasn't been able to get it done. I, I don't think, uh, I think Marvin's, what is he, has he won one playoff game? I know he hasn't been to any AFC championship games. Uh, no, I believe so, it's one. Yeah, I he think it's one. Playoff. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, I mean, right now, he, he, you know, you got one of the best receivers in the game right now in A.J. Green. A.J. Green. Right. Um, and Andy Dalton right. probably could be a better quarterback if, with some changes. But we're going to take a break and come back and listen to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her, especially at 1-2. to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Why you hear the music, you know the show. You listen to Rail and Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. What matters to me is that we are about to start the third week of the National Football League season. And uh, it's just the third week. So let me just say that um, I got my good friend Will Gibson on with me. Uh, hey, Will, we're going to uh, jump over to, to Gil Tyree. So we'll catch up again next week. Is that okay? All right, sir. Appreciate the time. Okay, thank you so much. Okay, hey, Gil, are you there? I'm, I'm here, Ray, loud and clear. Well, boy, I'm, I'm doing well. How, how are things in the southern part of, of the country over there in the southeast part uh, of the world? Things are, things are oh, the country. Well. I mean, you know, you, you, got, uh, you got some big games this week, you know, both in college and the National Football League. You know, it's interesting that, you know, the Dirty Birds opened up their new stadium and they said he's been a palace and you got to get here. Well, you probably know already because the Arizona Cardinals uh, helped uh, the Falcons open up, you know, during the preseason. But the first regular season game was Sunday night against the Packers. The, uh, the Falcons really will get a test this week. They go to Detroit to play the Lions, and I think this is a must-see football game. I really do. Um, I think from the standpoint of what we're going to see early, I know week three in the National Football League for some people is, uh, well, you know, it's early, you don't see trends, but I, but uh, there are a couple of things that can really determine what they're going to do in terms of moving forward, and two of them are going to play in Detroit on uh, on Sunday, and I think the other one's going to play in, in Philadelphia on Sunday because I really feel like the Giants, if they lose... They lose on Sunday to the Eagles. I mean, it's pretty much game, set, and match. I mean, it's uh, you don't want to go 0-3, and more importantly, you don't want to go 0-2 in the division. In the case of the Falcons, the Falcons would have beaten coming out of the gate, should they prevail Sunday in Detroit, they would have beaten Green Bay, Chicago, and Detroit, okay, without even going into the division. And you still got uh, your division in play. Uh, Tampa Bay looked impressive in their win over the Bears. Uh, New Orleans is still uh, uh, a situation that needs to, to, to really shake out. I think they have some internal problems down there. And Carolina, you know, Carolina's Carolina. And we'll see what happens as we move forward. Yeah, well, you know, Carolina's Carolina, but uh, I, I'm a little concerned about about Cam. I, I'm, uh, uh, yeah, I think a lot of people are. Uh, you know, I think that... Uh, 
I think that shoulder, and, 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 and I think people are just concerned from the standpoint of, uh, of if he's still, and, and they went out, they got weapons, they got the kids from Stanford to come over there, and, uh, and uh, McCaffrey, so, you know, it, it, it's a situation where you have to, uh, you have to see moving forward what he's going to look like in terms of his effectiveness as a quarterback. He's taking a lot of hits. Yeah, he is and taking a lot of hits. It's starting to really show. It really is. Yeah, he, a lot of punishment. Yeah, he's taking a lot of hits. And, uh, you know, yeah. in the first game, McCaffrey was, uh, you can see he was a huge part of, of the offense. And, uh, uh-huh. you know, a lot of plays uh-huh. went his, in his direction. And, and I'm uh-huh. hoping, uh-huh. Ho- hope, hoping again that, uh, that they possibly could get him back into uh, the thick of things and rely a little bit more on him than Cam because, again, uh-huh. Uh, Cam has taken way too many hits, Gil. But let, let's go back to your Falcons. One thing that's good about the Falcons is the, uh, I think they've been beating up on the NFC, which certainly helps them when it comes to the playoff hunts that for some reason or other they don't win their division. Uh, are you, uh, and I think, too, Ray, as, as someone, you know, you play this game, you understand, I mean, what happens, they'll, they'll deny it, and, and they will, you know, come out and say it and say, well, we're moving forward. But that's still what happened in Houston last year in the Super Bowl, really is still in uh, taste in, in their mouths. And, and I think they really want to set the tone early. But the one thing I am worried a little bit from the standpoint, from a shocking standpoint, is, is moving forward, can you stay healthy? Uh, can you keep uh, Devontae Freeman healthy? Can you keep Julio Jones healthy? Can you keep number two healthy? Um, your offensive line is, is playing with, with, with a nasty. Um, defensively, I think uh, I think they've improved themselves tremendously. Uh, too fun, I think, was, was outstanding against Green Bay. I, I like the acquisition of Dante Poe uh, moving forward. I, I, I do think the kid uh, that they drafted uh, uh, you know, a few years ago out of Clemson uh, the defensive end, I think he's he's somewhat, uh, you know, he's banged up a little bit, has a bad hamstring, so that's something to keep an eye on. Yeah, uh, uh, Matty Ice, I, you know, I, I just don't think that, uh, I don't think that's an issue. That's one thing I think you guys can feel comfortable about. Uh, uh-huh. But but certainly uh-huh. I, I think that uh, Matt probably, you know, uh, more than anybody else, um, it, it certainly got that in the back of his mind um, about, you know, what happened in that Super Bowl game. You know, there were a right. couple, there were a couple plays that, uh, you know, I think he could have taken control at the offense. He ran audibles, should have been running the ball. Uh, certainly, I think he's, you know, just like the Giants quarterback, uh, McAdoo mentioned the fact that, uh, you know, he had a veteran quarterback out there on the field that uh, certainly should have called timeout. Um, I, I think that, you know, in that Super Bowl, as I was watching, I was thinking, the hell, you know, audible to some run plays, you know, make, you know, take control of the game yourself, you know, and so, uh, so I, I think that uh, he's going to be uh, a good steward of the team this year, and, and I, I like you. I, I think that's in the mind. I think Arthur Blank, uh, you know, he, he he's 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 been around. He's been there. Um, he's enjoying his house. I, I think that uh, that uh, you know he looks over there at Jerry Jones. I think he he, he it, they complement each other. Uh, they I think there's a mutual respect for each other. But I, but I think that. He wants to get one of those Super Bowl trophy, winning trophies, uh-huh. in, in his stadium and uh, and for his team. And uh, I have a lot of respect for him back during the Michael Vick stuff. You know, um, well, so, he, it's so. clear. It's clear. I think you're absolutely right. And, and 
you know, I took it a step further, Ryan. And like I said, you're very well connected with the National Football League. Is you know, these owners, once they see one with a playground, the other one with an opportunity, he's going to try to up it. Yeah. And I think this is what's happened with Mr. Okay. Blake and Jerry Jones. Uh, you know, no question. I, I, I think, you know, and we've seen. Hey, hey, Gil, I, I hate to do this to you, but you know how this is in this business, man. There's uh, so much time that we have. You're gonna, I'm going to have to get you back next week on the show with me or certainly uh, shortly after that. But uh, always good. Always good to have you, Gil. Okay. okay. All right. Is that, is that time? Thank you so much, my good friend Gil Tyree. And, uh, of course, uh, Will Gibson called in. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix Living Like It Matters. And I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.